Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to have you on board as we're heading cruising right through July here. And you know what's coming up soon. That's right, college football. And we're so lucky enough to be joined now for the third consecutive year by the one and only Phil Steele. You know him from the major publications, the best publications in all of college football preview, the Phil Steele College Football Preview, exclusively available at Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, and on philsteele.com. You can catch it now. It's Now's the time to get it, folks, as this college football season is right around the corner. So with that, we welcome Phil Steele. Phil, thanks so much for joining the podcast. Hey, a real pleasure, Michael. Always enjoy talking about BC football. Yep, I'm the BC guy up here in New England. And uh, Phil, you know, it's a great segue. BC, 3-9, and 2-6. and six. I remember talking to you last year at this time, and there were a lot of good hopes and a lot of kind of, I think Jeff Halfley going to take off, and it, it just never, Phil Dracovic, and never materialized last year. Quick, so quickly, can we just look back on 2022 with BC Eagles? Yeah, and to me, the story of 2022 was clearly the offensive line. You know, back uh, last year, they lost four starters, and then Mahogany goes down. Then as the season starts, they've got five brand-new starters on the offensive line, and two of them get injured now for the year after one after two games, one after four games. It was a banged-up unit that didn't even start the same offensive line for nine. Uh, started nine different starting lineups the first nine games. And then, you know, you take a look at a, a running back like Patrick Garwell. had 1,000 yards the year before running behind this offensive line. Only averaged 3.1 yards per carry. Uh, Phil Jerkovic's dropped is a production level dropped going behind a shaky offensive line and that of course affected the defense as well so the one thing i point to for 2022 was the offensive line and i feel boston college this year has the most improved offensive line in college football okay that's interesting so why, why do you say that I, I haven't heard many too many people speak too positively about the offensive line going into 2023 well last year's line was very bad, and they had zero experience overall, and lost their star player uh, Mahogany right before the year. This year, Mahogany is back. Uh, the offensive line last year, coming into the season, had four career starts. This year, the offensive line has 137 career starts. So they actually go to being a, a regular, experienced offensive line. They've got good players up front, like Mahogany, uh, Logan Taylor. Uh, Hergel comes in from Texas State. Uh, Taylor comes in from Virginia. They've got Drew Kendall back at center. And this is a, a unit that now has got depth. Uh, you go into the, the second unit, even the, the third unit of the team, are players with starting experience. So I think last year's uh, problems all are going to result in a much improved offensive line. And, you know, I'm on the Joe Moore Award Committee. I study all the offensive lines, and I think the most improved offensive line in the country this year will be Boston College. And then, Phil, that's a very good point. Just big picture, you got me thinking now, Jeff Halfley. What do you think, what's your take on Coach Halfley? 
uh, how he's perceived nationally, and uh, you know, is this make or break year for him, 2023, with the Eagles? Well, I think he did well his first two years. You look at year one, uh, getting him to six and five, uh, getting the team through an entire COVID season with zero positive tests. I think that's remarkable. I don't know if any other coach have pulled that off. So that speaks volumes of the job that he's doing there. Now, as mentioned last year, uh, they struggled, and it was their first line lost season since 2015. But once again, I point all that to the offensive line. I think they'll be much improved. And I think he'll, uh, the, the, uh, how people perceive Jeff Halfley will be much different after this season because they did make my most improved list, which means I think BC gets back to a bowl game. Very interesting, very interesting. Okay, and then BC, one last big picture question before we break down the positions. NIL, college football. You know, a lot of BC fans are worried. Small private Catholic school in New England. How are we going to compete with the likes of the Clemsons and Florida States, and the, at least in the ACC? What's your general take in the future of NIL and how it's going to affect Boston College? Uh, everything goes into the collectives, and now it's uh, pretty much turned into pay-for-play in college football. So you got to have some backing. Uh, players do follow the money. Uh, we'll have to see how it goes in the next couple of years. Uh, we'll see what kind of laws are enacted. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on, and and uh, you know, I, it's it's tough to predict the future when uh, I, I don't think anybody really saw this three years ago. You know, and then you got me thinking about players who did stay. I'd like to get your thoughts on Zay Flowers. Obviously, went first round pick. What would you? How'd you rate him out? And he really a success story for Boston College. Absolutely, and keeping him around. And he got offers, you know, to go play at other places for big money, and turned them all down and opted to play for his final year. And I thought he had a great final year, despite all the offensive troubles. He still had over a thousand yards receiving. Was the key player on the offense last year. And uh, I just love the fact he stuck around at BC. Yeah, he's he's the case, I would say, for BC's perspective, a guy staying around, going the first round, and hopefully has a lot of success with Baltimore in the NFL. Okay, Phil, let's move on to the quarterback position. Obviously, Phil Dracovic has transferred uh, to Pittsburgh. He's in the conference, but not at BC. Uh, your thoughts on Emmett Moorhead and what type of year we can expect from the QB play at Boston College? Well, first of all, having a great, a better offensive line in front of you is going to be a big plus, a big addition for Moorhead. And Moorhead's a big guy. I mean, he's six six. He's two forty five. He's a good athlete. He can sling the ball. Uh, he's got good body control and can basically make every throw on the field. So I think he's a guy that's going to step in, uh, gives you the physical characteristics you want. Plus, he's a hard worker. So you add all that together, the arm talent, the size, the hard working. I think he's going to have a really good year here as a sophomore. And I like the fact that he got his feet wet last year and started the final four games, uh, led the big upset of NC State on the road, which was huge, especially that last drive of the game. So uh, I'm pretty bullish on Moorhead's uh, what he's going to get done in 2023. BC on the offensive positions. We talked about offensive line as well. Uh, what about wide receivers and running backs on the offensive side for BC? What can fans expect uh, heading into 2023? Well, I'm expecting uh, Pat Garwo to look like he did in 2022 or 2021, I should say, when he topped 1,000 yards, averaged over five yards per carry. Uh, he's a guy who's the healthiest right now that he's been since he's been here. He's coming off his best spring. Uh, he's got the vision, balance, uh, the ability to break tackles. I think he's going to be a guy that gets over 1,000 yards this year, a big-time addition. Plus, I like the depth. Even adding a guy like Kai Robichaud, 
from uh, Western Kentucky. He's a good player that's tough to tackle. Uh, Alex Broom uh, had a big-time game last year against Louisville. I think if he can stay healthy all year, he adds addition. So good depth at running back, and I think Garo tops 1,000 yards this year. Receiving-wise, I really like the addition of Ryan O'Keefe coming over from UCF. He's a guy that can fly, take the top off. Uh, you know, I think at the end of the year, people might be comparing him to Zay Flowers. I'm going to say he's going to be Zay Flowers, but I think he is the top guy in a tight end. George Takis is a, a big body at 6'5", 243 pounds. I think he'll be a mid-round draft pick uh, at, after, uh, when he comes out after uh, this year. So the receiving core is good. The running backs will be productive. The quarterback have a good year. And really, the offensive line is going to make everything better. And then to wrap things up on the offense, what's the need of improvement? Where should we watch out for that needs to kind of get some look at on the offensive side for BC? Well, the biggest thing is going to see the improvement on the offensive line. And uh, if in the magazine, I project Boston College, which only had 17.8 points per game last year, to top that by over a touchdown this year. It would be a much more productive offense. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so defensively now, what can we expect defensive line for the Eagles uh, next this, this coming year, Phil? Well, only one returning starter up front, so that makes it a little bit of a question mark uh, in my mind. But uh, when I talked to Coach Halfley going over the squad, uh, he feels that the uh, defensive line is one of the strengths of the team. Uh, all 10 defensive linemen are bigger, 10 pounds bigger than last year, so they're bigger up front. Give a, That should make them better against the run. And they had a player like George Rooks from Michigan. Uh, I think they, they can get some pressure on the quarterback. So uh, I think the, the defensive line will be good. Uh, but probably about the same level as last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then linebackers in the secondary. Jeff Halfley is a big secondary guy, so that should be pretty strong. What's your take on the, the backside of the defense? Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including... State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Yeah, and getting their linebackers back with DePalma and Arnold, they're big. Those two guys uh, last year were the number one and the number three tacklers. Uh, DePalma's a guy who's smart, plays the, the linebacker positions very solidly. And in the secondary, uh, you know, and, and I misspoke earlier, they actually have three starters or two starters back up front. They're actually a little more experienced than last year when they had one. It's the secondary that lost three starters. And that's going to be my question, but Halfley being there is going to be a big plus. Uh, Elijah Jones, the only returning starter in the secondary, but they do add Alex Washington from Harvard, and they had Victor Nelson from Long Island. And the interesting thing, Mike, uh, is when I was going over the teams with the coaches, the one thing I uh, discovered while going over the teams was how many of these FCS transfers moved up to FBS last year and were highly successful uh, playing in their first year. And the, the part of it was the experience level, having played, uh, you know, unlike a Power 5 transfer that hasn't played, they come in with the experience. And the second thing, they come in with a large chip on their shoulder. So to see Washington and Nelson, a couple of uh, – FCS transfers come in and be productive would not surprise me at all. It's very interesting. It's something I haven't really thought about. You, but you make a lot of good points about that, going that route with the transfers. Um, okay. And then any thoughts on special teams to wrap it up, Phil, on, on the BC side? Well, last year. 
year's special teams were not great. Uh, they were number 121 in my ratings. Prior to that, they had been better. I mean, in, in Halfley's first two years, they were 62 and 55. Uh, there's really only one way to go after last year, even though they lose their punter, their long snapper, punt returner, and kick returner. Uh, I still think that they, they can only move up in the special teams rankings. Definitely did not make my uh, top units in the front of the magazine. Five units did uh, make my top units in the front of the magazine. Running backs, receivers, offensive line, defensive line, and linebackers. But the special teams did not. I think they'll be improved, but uh, still an area of concern for me. Gotcha, gotcha. Look at BC's schedule this year. and You know, not exactly murderer's row. We don't have Clemson, BC, which is a break, uh, first time in a long time, I believe. Uh, Florida State sticks out to me September 18th at home. Pittsburgh, November 18th. But overall, Phil, I don't know your thoughts. I think it's a pretty manageable, fairly easy schedule for the ACC slate. Yeah, I've got them rated number 70 in the country, which is highly unusual for a Power 5 conference to have a schedule that low. Uh, I like the start of the season. Northern Illinois is going to be a tough out to open up. They're a very good team. Uh, But the Holy Cross should be a win. Uh, Virginia at home is nice. At Army, I think, is a winnable game as well. Army switching up their offense a little bit, going to the shotgun. We'll have to see how that fares. Uh, Connecticut at home. Virginia Tech at home. That's part of the reason. Uh, part of the reason, along with the improved offensive line, that I've got BC going to a bowl game this year. I think those are six games that they deserve to be favored in. And then a couple of toss-up games, the George Tech game on the road. Um, you look at uh, Louisville on the road, Miami of Florida at home. I think there's winnable games in there. And keep in mind, if a team gets that early season success, they play with more confidence. And then all of a sudden they go into games expecting to win rather than hoping to win. So I think a nice start to the season, maybe 4-2 uh, and two, uh, at the break, will have them playing more confident in the second half of the year. Okay, so overall very positive. If you had to take to wrap up BC, if you had to, what what do you think, Phil? Put you on the spot. What's the what's their record come December? Uh, I'm going to say six or seven wins. Yeah. That's what I'm going for this year, and I do think they get to a bowl game. They go from number seventy-two in my experience chart up to number thirty-four. Did make my most improved list. Generally, about seventy-five to eighty percent of the teams in my most improved list go from a losing record to a bowl game. Gotcha, gotcha. And you said you talked to Coach Halfley. When, what's curious, what time of year did you talk to him? And what, what was your just general takes on Coach Halfley and what his whole overall stance is with the program? Yeah, what I do every year, Mike, is uh, after spring practice is over, I try to talk to as many of the head coaches as I can. This year I talked to 123 wow. of the 133 head coaches. And each call takes about an hour. I send them over my team pages with every single player on them. We go over every player's strengths, weaknesses, wrap up the position. Uh, and uh, it, so it's a long, involved conversation. Uh, I've always impressed, been impressed with uh, Coach Halfley, his uh, knowledge of the team, the way he's building the program, uh, the things that he's emphasizing. So I think he's going to have a good, successful year this year and get Boston College pointed in that upward direction. Okay, and then ACC-wise, who, who do we look out for on a conference perspective? Who, who do you think is going to take home the title? You know, this year I believe the media is going to take Florida State as the preseason pick, and Florida State is loaded. In fact, if you look at their offensive and defensive ratings, seven of the units rank in my top units in the front of the magazine. Not only in the top units, but in the top 15. That tells you how talented they are. But I went with Clemson. Excuse me. Um, 
And with Clemson, when I talked to Coach Sweeney, going over the team with them, uh, you remember that 2018 defensive line they had, how dangerous it was, all those first-round draft picks? Well, he said this group doesn't have the star power of 2018, but is actually deeper in talent and experienced. So I rated them my number one defensive line in the country. Linebacking core is solid with Carter and Trotter. Uh, on offense, I think Kate Klubnick will step in and have a very good first year. They've got Shipley Amafa running back and improved uh, offensive line and receiving core. And then when you look at their schedule, their toughest two games this year are Florida State and uh, Notre Dame. And they get both those two teams at home. They've only lost one game in Death Valley the last six years. So I think they take care of business at home. I actually have them favored in all 12 games. And uh, I've got Clemson ranked number two in the country. Clemson, Florida State. We're used to that tune in the ACC. <laughs> Uh, Phil, Phil, before I let you go, too, nationally, who, who, what teams are you looking out for to kind of bring home the title in the playoffs? Yeah, the final four that I've got going to the playoff this year, Michael, I've got two from the uh, SEC. One would be Georgia, loaded team talent-wise, uh, going for a three-peat, which would be actually the first three-peat national championship since the 1930s when the Minnesota Golden Gophers did it. So it's been wow. quite some time, almost 100 years since somebody brought that home. And then the uh, the other teams would be Alabama, never discount Nick Saban. And last year they had a horrific year, didn't they? I mean, they went 11-2. and two. They had two losses on the final play of the game by three and one point. They actually missed the playoff. Uh, just a, a, a tremendously bad year for uh, Alabama. I think they rebound this year. And then out of the Big Ten, I went with Michigan. I think they have the best schedule of the uh, Big Ten. And this is probably Jim Harbaugh's best team that he's put on the field in his nine years there. Yeah, you can and see. Of course, Clemson. Yeah, you can see it building up with Harbaugh for sure. Hey, Phil, you just got me thinking about my dynasties in Georgia. Um, what, what's your best team that you have ranked in the all of college football that you've seen watching college football? If you had to pick like the 1995 Nebraska or the 01 Miami Hurricanes, what's your favorite, your best team in your estimation that you've seen? Uh, I really haven't gone through and, and looked back and, and said these are the best teams and tried to compare them to each other. I'm always concerned with what's coming up for the upcoming season. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's something I haven't gone back and looked at. There's been a lot of great football teams, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting, too, to think about. All right, Phil, just tell everybody about your magazine, where we can get it, and uh, I'm gonna, I can't wait to buy it myself tomorrow. I appreciate that, Michael. Well, now it's un, it's different than in past years where you could walk into a Walmart or any grocery store in the country and pick one up. This year it's exclusively at Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. So that's Barnes & Noble, Books A Million are your exclusive bookstore dealers, or you can go online. If you go online and get it at philsteel.com, I'm going to charge you a shipping charge. That's actually cost some mail things, but... What I do is I give you the hard copy, and then I give you the digital copy absolutely free. And the digital copy is actually updated all the way through September. As an example, if you go to the Northwestern page in the digital copy, it lists David Braun as the head coach. As they yeah. know, they let go of Pat Fitzgerald. So you get them both at philsteel.com, or you can get them right now at Barnes & Noble, Books A Million. And from what I hear, Barnes & Noble did sell out in a lot of places, but have replenished the supply. So you should be able to go to Barnes & Noble if you went there and they were sold out, they should have them back in, in, back, back in stock right now. Phil, thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate it. And we really appreciate kind of giving us the BC perspective up here in New England. Thank you. Hey, a lot of fun talking Boston College football with you, Michael. Had a lot of fun today. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm. 
Based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum, CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.